right, everyone. Welcome back to The Maddie Miller Show. I am so excited for our episode today. Today, I get to interview Ellie DeFreitas, um, the CEO and co-founder of Wonderkind Co., which is a design, marketing, and content studio specializing in wellness, food, and beverage brands based out of Austin, Texas. Ellie, thanks so much for joining me. Of course. I'm excited. Perfect. Well, I always like to share first um, kind of just about how we connected um, and how I like basically found you, which is that um, it basically starts on TikTok. I saw Wonderkind on TikTok and was like, that is the coolest branding agency ever. And I followed you guys on Instagram and then I saw that you guys, this was almost a year ago, I saw that you guys were hiring for a job. And it was right around the time that I was quitting grad school and looking for a full-time job. And I was like, oh my gosh, should I move to Texas and like work for this job? But then you were like, we were emailing and you were like, well, can you make two TikToks to send me? It was like a TikTok position. And then I was like, well, I have zero experience in TikTok. So <laughs> I don't think that's going to work for me. But here we are a year later. I reached out to you and you so kindly agreed to be interviewed. So I'm so excited. I am too. And thank you for following along. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Well, it's it's been awesome. Um, so the first thing I always have my guests do is share a fun fact. So I'm excited to hear yours. Yes. I've got a few of them, but for this one, a fun fact would be that there was a time I was training and I guess studying to be a DJ. Wow. Um, Yeah, that was probably six or seven years ago, maybe eight years ago. I can't remember how old I am. Um, But yeah, it was a while ago. (laughs) That's awesome. So do you still know how to like mix on like a board and stuff or? Yeah, I do. I don't, I I sold my board a while ago. Uh, I could do it if I had one, but I don't practice anymore. I'd love to pick it back up. I'm too busy right now. Yeah. But that's so, that's such a cool, fun fact. What, where did that like initially start? Just like your love for music or what? Yeah, I love house music. And at the time I was going to a lot of parties that had house music and I was like, I just love, I love this music basically. And so I wanted to be a part of it in a bigger way. Um, But I was doing it while in college and my dad at the time thought it was, it was a really like not a very nice scene. It was a lot of partying and drugs and stuff, but I would be at these shows like totally sober, just there for the music, which a lot of people are, but there are a lot of drugs and, you know, things that my dad didn't want me to be around. And so he was kind of like, if you don't stop, I'm not going to pay for school anymore. And so I was like, yeah, so I stopped. Um, He he means well. And then now it's actually funny. He loves house music and we go all the time together. He just didn't know time that you know it was he's very yeah. protective so he just yeah but now we go to yeah. house music house things together and yeah it's now really funny that is awesome that's a great story um my parents probably would have done the exact same thing so <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally get that well fun thanks for sharing that um I'm excited to get into just like hearing more of your story hearing more of um your career path leading up to Wonderkind um first just tell everyone Tell us kind of um, about your childhood, where you grew up, what you were interested in and involved in, and all of that. Yeah. 
So I grew up in Dallas, a suburb outside called Flower Mound, and I was a big soccer player. So I played all the way into college um, soccer, and that was really a lot of my childhood is, was soccer and track. I was very athletic uh, kid and did a lot of athletic things. So that was really most of my childhood was that, um, was playing sports, which there's a few things that I've done in my past that I can credit to my success now and playing sports was one of them, uh, that I'm very competitive. And I think to own a business like this one, you have to be very competitive for sure. Motivated. Um, and sports for me and for a lot of people teach you that in those skills. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. I love, I love that connection between like what you were interested in when you were younger and how that mm-hmm. connects today. That's awesome. Um, so I'm excited to get into talking about Wonderkind, but before we get there, I'd love to just know about your, you kind of already talked about your college experience a little bit, but where mm-hmm. you went to college, um, what you do- got your degree in and how you kind of decided what to get your degree in. Yes. So great question, because I think uh, it's what what I did in college was maybe a little bit unique to what I'm doing now. Uh, so I played soccer in college um, and that I think shaped a lot of my career, but more so my degree was in social work. So my passion has always been different populations that I think need our support. And um, mm-hmm. so my schooling was all in social work and kind of uh, inner city schools or uh, uh, girl programs or cancer patients or things like that. Um, I'm, I'm quite philanthropic person. Um, and so that was my schooling. Uh, and I chose that because I was like, this is what I'm passionate about. Therefore, I think this is what I'd like to do for the rest of my life is something in this field. Uh, And I had really great internships. I was working as a coordinator at a a nonprofit called Girls Inc. And it's, it's, I think it's across the nation, but it was, it's a different programs for different school age girls. So there was, I did all, all of them. So there was like, ones with uh elementary school like working with inner city elementary schools to spend time with them after school programs and then in middle school I did a few different speaker series where I was talking kind of about my background and and, uh it was supposed to be motivational don't know if I motivated anyone maybe I did don't know but (laughs) it was supposed to be that and then high school is where I spent most of my time I really liked the high school age because I think there's a lot of decisions you make in high school that can really shape your life. And so I worked really closely over, I think, two semesters in college where I was working with these gals uh, in an inner city school in Fort Worth. And it was a class about like leadership in your future, because a lot of those kids would not go on to college. So it was kind of just, it's okay if you don't go on to college, you could do many things, but this is the direction, go this way, not backwards. Um, that was kind of the point of the classes, is showing them their options, different careers, blah, blah, blah. And then also I worked with, Matthew McConaughey has a nonprofit that, I don't know if many people know about it. It's called Just Keep Living. And so I- I've never. Living. 
Yeah, that's cool. Also in inner city schools. It was in this one too. That's how I found it. Uh-huh. And it's a program. It's an hour after school uh, where you do different like activities. It's like we do, it was uh, like you'd play kickball or you'd do a soccer game or you'd you do weight training or whatever. It's kind of like an athletic thing. So I would do that with the kid. And then every, we'd do different athletic events too. We'd do a 5k together or whatever. So anyways, long story um, is I was doing social work. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to talk about my early career if you want. Yeah, I would love to. I was, my next question was going to be like out of college. Like what did you do that kind of led to your starting your own business? So I'd love to. Yes. Okay. So social work and social work careers, your path is either government work outside of college, or you go to get your master's essentially. And I'm not a great student. uh, And I was ready to be done with school. And so the first jobs that you would get out out of school are typically, you could be a teacher or you could do CPS, government, child protective services. Yeah. And they don't make very much money. And I am very motivated by money. So out, out the gates, I was like, okay, I'm learning that this field, social work makes very little money. And I really like having financial freedom. And so I was like, what else can I do? I want to make money and I want to do these things on the side, these, these kind of volunteer opportunities. I want to, I want that to be part of my life, but to make it also be where your living is coming from. I was learning very quickly. It can be stressful and, and, and it's a large reason why there's a lot of burnout in CPS and it's, it's a tough career. Same with, same with being a teacher. So my mom had met a guy at a young men's league with my brother uh, it's, it's a really nice organization that does uh, your, mo- your mom and the son in, in high school do like volunteer things together. So they were doing a volunteer thing and they had a, these older men, like, you know, career men come in and talk about their careers. And a guy came in and talked about, he worked at Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits. It's a wine distribution company. And he talked about his job and afterwards my mom went up to him and was like, Hey, my daughter's graduating. I think she'd love this job. It was sales. And so he was like, great, send me your resume. And I got, I got the job, you know, a couple months later. And so my job out of college was a sales rep for a wine distribution company in Dallas. So my job was going in and out of restaurants in Dallas, selling my portfolio of wines. It was an amazing job, so incredible experience, so much fun. And it, and it, sales experience, this is the other thing I was going to say, you know, when I said being an athlete really helped me having this sales experience. Yeah. I cannot underplay the, the, the value of having sales experience. It was so incredibly valuable because I learned how to talk to people, how to sell my brands, my services, how to make connections, how to do customer service, how to keep my customers happy, mm-hmm. uh, how to walk into a restaurant that no one knows me and, and work my way to the right person to speak to. So sales experience, I can't say enough about it and how great it is. So I did that for about four years, uh, loved it so much, really enjoyed it. Uh, and then from there, I, a coworker, a friend of mine had went to Google and 
at the time I was ready for a change. Uh, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do something different and, you know, looking back, I had the best job ever. Um, but you know, now I'm here, so who cares? But I went to that job. Google was, is really actually not that fun of a place to work. I thought it would be because they have a lot of fun perks and benefits and all these things, yeah. but it's actually really corporate. Uh, and it has to be because it's a huge company. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of guardrails, so many levels of management. If you finished work, you had to still be at your desk. Like it was just a weird, weird experience. And I thought it was going to be different than it was. And I didn't really like it. So I stayed there for a year. At the time, I, because I was so bored at this job and I didn't like it, I had started kind of a side business, I guess you could say, where I was doing events for food brands because my passion always has been food. Uh, my dad loves food and, you know, we grew up really valuing food together, like going to grocery stores, making dinner, going out to eat. We loved it. You know, so we, we, we grew up having food be a very important part of our lives. So a theme in my life has always been food and, and like going out to eat in menus and restaurants. So anywho, when when I was at Google, I was like, I need to start something that I'm really passionate about because I'm feeling no passion or no energy towards the, my full-time job. So I was like, I'm going to start this little company that basically runs events for the food community, for food brands. And in a year, I probably did like 35 events, you know, different, Whoa. different restaurant collaborations. Then I, then I partnered with WeWork and we're doing these like really big panels. I'd have like a panel food food and beverage people on the panel. Like one time we did women in food and beverage or trends in the market, whatever. And it'd be these great speakers. Then afterwards I'd have a 20 person market, like 20 vendors would be there vendoring and like talking about their product. And there'd be tons of consumers, like 200, 300 people. We'd have these big parties where we, one of the parties we did, it was the first event we actually ever did. And when I say we, it's me. I don't know why I say we, it was (laughs) <laughs> me and my yeah. five personalities or something um <laughs> we, uh uh did did this big event where we had a bunch of vendors again because I love the food brands and I was like you all need to connect with the community like get out there and meet people and so I just basically made an event where they could sell and talk and build the community but then we had like a big DJ come out and do like it was music food drinks blah blah and that was like 500 people. So like this was, these are big events I was putting on and I loved it. They, they weren't for money. Like I didn't make any money. I didn't lose any money. It was just something for me to do uh, while I Google. But of course, as I did this company, I was meeting a ton of brands. I was making the connections. I was like, okay, I know. And, and, and when I talked to them, they're like telling me, they're like kind of asking for advice. You know, they're, they're, they're I'm, I'm getting a feel for what people need. So uh, while I started, I was thinking, okay, like, what can I do with this? What is this company going to turn into? Because it was kind of getting a lot of traction. In the meantime, I left Google and I went to Nautamu and I did a summer stint there. It's an ice cream company. So they hired me basically to plan a tour, a pop-up tour of the East Coast. So we the brand was ice cream brand and they wanted there to be like a summer thing where we would pop up in different cities from Austin, New Orleans, Miami, up the coast to New York, to Montauk, Hamptons. 
And so we planned, I think like nine events and I was like the manager of that tour um, for the mm-hmm. summer. And it was amazing. It was so fun. We just, yeah. Bop, 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 I was going to say like, that sounds so fun. <laughs> yeah, it was so fun. Um, and then, yeah, it was a fun job. Loved it. And then after that, I went to Snap Kitchen. It's a, it's a food prep business here in Austin, but they're, they're quite big now. I think they probably have like 40 or 50 locations. I don't know, but it's a food prep place. And and there again, I was doing events and I was also helping consult on their menu items. And that's, you know, again, something I was really passionate about was talking about food. So I was like, okay, this is an old kind of stuffy meal program. Like how can we make it more fun? Do we collaborate with chefs? So I'm like that, that was kind of my job was marketing and kind of uh, innovation in some ways, I guess. What I was finding out was this was over maybe like a five month span between not a moon snap kitchen. I was like, okay, I, I'm not liking, and, and both not a moon and snap kitchen, they weren't corporate, but there were rules and I don't do well with rules or like structure. I'm, I'm more of a free bird and I don't like to sit at a desk and I don't like to come in at a certain time. Like I kind of want to float around and do what, do what I think is best. (laughs) And that doesn't always suit an employer. And so at, at uh, snap kitchen, I was like, I don't want to work here anymore. I've been here for three months, but I, I, I'm very motivated by money. So I have to have a job, but I I don't want, I'm not working well underneath others. I just don't like to. So I literally sat there. I was like, okay, what am I good at? And what can make money? And I was like, okay, I'm good at these certain things. I made a legit list of like, okay, I'm good at social media. I'm good at sales. I'm good at talking. I'm good at connecting others. What, how can I make money doing that? And so what I did is I started a small consulting business, essentially, where I was consulting on sales and marketing for these small brands. This was in maybe December of 2019. When I was doing that and I started picking up brands, I was like, and these are friends of mine that I had met doing that previous business. But I was like, okay, half the things I'm telling, I'm consulting you and advising you to do, I can't actually service you. I'm not creative. I, I can't take a photo or draw anything or make a graphic. Like I cannot do any of that. And at the time, my best friend who I met because she branded my first company, she did the logo for it. And we, you know, she, she, she made all my graphics for the events and she was my best friend. She came to the events, you know, we were, we were close friends. And at the time I was like, she's not happy at her job. She was working as a designer at a winery doing wine labels. I was like, she's not happy at her job. But the things that she could do are the things that I'm saying that they need. What I'm going to do, and she was like, I want to come with you. I want to do this with you. I don't want to work at the winery anymore. I was like, great, come with me. And I'll, I'll basically find brands that need our services, which were strategy, I guess, and then design and feed design and graphics like that was what I was selling in the first two months of Wonderkind, we were working with friends of mine that had brands that kind of were giving us a chance and what 
I'm very thankful for that, obviously, because it allowed us to have a proof of concept. We then could go to brands and say, look at what we're doing, because before that, we had nothing. We just had a, my random resume and her 10 wine labels that she designed for her family up in Washington. So it was like there was nothing to, to show for, for it. And I can talk to the best of them. And I can say a bunch of shit, and I did. But to have the actual examples of our work is extremely valuable. And it allowed us to grow very quickly in a really short amount of time. And that's when the agency of Wonderkind really started was by, you know, we got our first, we started working with our first, you know, client really in January, February of 2020. So three years ago, we made our first full-time hire probably in June of 2020. And that was because we had too many people, too many clients for us to do. And so, you know, by the end of 2020, we had maybe like, I think we had like four full-time employees, you know, we're working out of an Airbnb in Austin, like, you know, random Airbnb um, with, you know, full furniture, bed, everything was, you know, and, and at, at the end of 2020, I was like, okay, these girls at the end of the day are like working in bed. They're like laying down and working. I'm like, I've got to find a better spot for these girls. Um, and so we moved to a new, a new house that it was still a house. I really liked that concept. Um, moved to a house and then we started hiring a little bit more. We probably ended 2021 with like 12 employees. We ended 2022 just here recently with probably 24 employees, 20, 20 employees, and right now we're at 30. So all of the growth has been just so many brands want to work with us. I mean, that's, I was like late today for this, this podcast because I'm like, I'm on these sales calls that brands like really want to work with us. And I'm trying to basically hire to keep up with the demand. I probably went on a long, you know, early career, but all like all of it, every step I took led me here. Obviously anyone can say that, but I can see very clearly like the steps that were taken were, were the right, you know, start of Wonderkind. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, I loved hearing that story. Just like, th like you said, like each of those steps, like at the time you didn't know what that was doing for you, but the way you can look back on that. So incredible. Um, so Wonderkind is like, first of all, just very aesthetic. I, I just appreciate it so much. Yeah. Um, and I know you talked a little bit about like your love for food brands and whatnot. Ha what was the idea around only having your brand in brand agency be around food brands? Have you ever thought about doing um, like branding overall, or do you think you're always going to keep that specification? Yeah. When we first started, when we first started, you know, we're sitting there thinking, what's our, like, you know, you, you have to have some words about the brand. Like when we were launching back three years ago, we were like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, how, how are we going to communicate what we do to people that come on our website? And we were thinking like, are we going to be food and beverage only? Like, is that, is that what we do? Is that going to pigeonhole us at all? And I've got a lot of thoughts about this because this industry is huge. It's massive. Like it is, we've probably touched, you know, 5% of the brands that exist in the U S not even talking about the world. So like 
this category is huge. Like, in fact, we even had to specify even more than just food and beverage. We had to go like wellness food and bed or like social first food and bed because it's so, 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 so big. Wow. So we we're known now for food and bed. Like, I think that's like people think we're food and bed only. That's fine. We can be. There's so much business, not a problem. What I found though is the girls like to work on more than just food and bev. You know, they want, they, they use skincare products. So they probably would love to work with some skincare. They, everyone's very close. So they like want to be a part of the fashion stuff. And so, yeah, we, and pet, pet is not necessarily considered in food and bev, but we actually do quite a bit of pet now. Um, so what I kind of shifted to more lately is calling us consumer brands, anything consumer brand. So anything a consumer needs to purchase. Um, and that consumer packaged goods, like uh, that's, that's, that can be our category, but like consumer goods can be skincare or pet. Uh, yeah. So there's, I'm always looking for brands that the girls will be interested in. And a lot of that can fall into outside of food and bev, but no matter what we ever do, we're always going to be known as food and bev. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. Love it. And I do love it. Yeah. Well, you guys do a great job. I love, like I said, I love following you on TikTok and Instagram. I love just like looking what you guys are up to. Um, one of the coolest things I think about your business is um, that your team is composed of all like Gen Z and millennial women, um, mm-hmm. which is really unique and in my opinion, as a Gen Z girl, uh, awesome. And uh, I thought it was cool that on your website, it actually says we are your target audience. We are experts on Gen Z and millennials because we are the target audience. I think that is an amazing way to market yourself. Um, have you ever, first thing I just would love to know, like what made you decide like, Hey, that is what we're going to stick with. And then two, have you ever received pushback on that? So at the start of the company, and I bet a lot of founders feel this way, we really could only afford someone young. We couldn't afford, nor did we need someone that had a ton of experience. Now we're in the industry for 15 years. We didn't need it. We we needed people that were less expensive to hire, and we needed people that were ready to learn and be really scrappy. Because when you start for us, you know, we were working out of an Airbnb. It was very chaotic. There was no structure. There were no processes. And if you can imagine, if we had someone come in that had a ton of experience, they'd be like, what is going on here? This is not what I want to be around, which I think if I were that, if that was me, I'd love to be a part of that. Cause that's like, again, structure, all freedom, but people in the industry for 15 years or whatever they they would look at that and be like, this is, this is like, this company would be out of business in a month if they don't sort their shit out. So we really only had the choice of hiring young. And I'm really glad we did uh, because it is it has been to the benefit of everyone involved, brands, the business, and the employee having this young of, of, of employees. And I'll talk about that. Um, it's been beneficial for the brands because they are the target audience, definitely. There's, there's no denying that we are the experts on social media. Like the client is not the expert. It's going to be because 
they're young and they've been on the platform personally for a long time. They, we don't, we're not teaching anyone that comes into WonderKind how to create a TikTok, like they know coming in and that therefore they always are just skewing a bit younger. Uh, and then, uh, you know, for the business, having young employees, we're able to give a lot of opportunities and a lot of motivation to very young people. And I'm happy to do it every time. You know, we, one day I'll hire out my role. I'm not going to be operations. I'm not going to, I want to have a COO and that person's probably going to be 26 years old. That's, that is how I would want it because I want, I want to give opportunities to really young people because they can do it and they just need a tiny bit of structure and a lot of belief. And they, they can, they can be great leaders. They just, in normal work environments, they're just not thought of as leaders because of their age. And so here I'm like, everyone's young. So anyone can be a leader if you step up and, and do it. So it's been the benefit of the employees and they, a lot of them move here for this job and, or they're, they're here now and they don't have a good friend group. This becomes their friend group. They're similar ages. They're similar lifestyle. Uh, you know, they want to be healthier. They're going to the gym or they're, you know, reading or whatever. Like they have similar behaviors and thought, thought, you know, uh, not thoughts, um, like, um, uh, lifestyle behaviors, essentially, you know, they're, they're interested in the similar things. And so it, it, it creates a really strong culture and team environment that I know is a really big reason why WonderCon is successful is our team culture. It looks fun. It is fun. Uh, so it's benefit of everyone involved. And then, uh, you know, for, for the business, like, again, like we have a strong work, work culture and, and, uh, we're able to, to grow quicker too, because when someone's in the industry for 15 years and they come to one kind, they might not want to, they might want to come with their, their, like, this is how things are done in, in, in the agency world, like agency world, you have to have this and you have to have this. And, and we basically proven you don't have to have that. You just know that. But here we're changing on a dime and we're moving quick. And if something works, we're doing it. If it doesn't, we're switching so fast. Whereas normal agencies that have all these layers of management, all this experience, they're less adaptable. But for us, we're like, oh, do you think we can do it a better way? Employee who's 23. Yes, let's do it. Let's try it. Believe it. We'll do it. You know, so it's there's been the only downside to hiring like I've hired is it is it is a lot on me individually. Uh, I am teaching people how to be client facing and how to treat others and how to keep, you know, you know, these, these girls are the age where they're getting broken up with. They're having their first car bill. Like, you know, they're having, you know, big fights with their roommates, like that's the age they're in. And so there's a lot I do on a daily basis that is almost like working with them personally. And so that's the only downside, you know, would be, it does take a toll on me individually, but it, it, I'll do it every day because of the benefits of everything else.
For sure. That's that's so cool. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, as a Gen Z um, girl, I'm 24 in my first full time job. I'm like sitting here nodding my head like, yes, yes, I totally get that. <laughs> so that is so cool to hear. Um, moving on, you talked earlier kind of about the beginnings of Wonderkind, which was like uh, end of 2019, early 2020. I'm curious how the pandemic affected the start of your business. It, you know, business-wise did only helped our business because really? at the time, at the time, 2020, you know, March, right when we were kind of starting brands, we were thinking retail. Like we were like, okay, shopping, retail stuff, retail, blah, blah, blah. People were doing a little bit D2C, not much direct to consumer. They weren't doing a ton of it. They were focusing on retail and overnight or over two weeks, things flipped and direct consumer websites, social media became way more important than it ever was. Brands even launched that were only direct to consumer, which was, you know, you would always go retail first before that. So people needed help with their websites, with their social media, with their emails, whatever, like our importance just escalated. So it like couldn't have done more for us from a business perspective. It was great in that way. That's awesome. You don't always hear that, like that the pandemic helped the business, but in your situation, that's awesome to hear. Even now with the recession, you know, Mm -hmm. I was coming into 2023. So January, you know, two months ago, December, I was like, are we going to like, I was like, okay, is this going to go? Okay. Like budgets are going to be slashed. And we, even in December, like there was a few budget cuts, like we brands, you know, you might have hear this, but like usually marketing is first when there's budget cuts, like marketing it's only now we just need to focus on sales. Whereas I think marketing does affect sales, but whatever the people are just like, okay, we're going to cut marketing. So some of our budgets in December were cut. And I'm pulling it to 2023, like, okay, like, are we going to have to let anyone go? Like, I'm, I'm worried a little bit. But what happened was, you know, 2023 hit. And yes, people are laying off their staff. They are. You've seen it. Sure. You know, LinkedIn, I'm like always getting a notification that's never yeah. let go. I'm like, what the hell? Yep. But what's happening is they are letting their internal staff go, but they're hiring agency because it's it's a more flexible option because you can let an agency go overnight and it's no harm, no foul. Whereas hiring someone, training them, and then having to let them go is very costly. It's you're just more tied to an employee than you are an agency usually. So what we saw and what are seeing right now is people are wanting to work with an agency. It's flexible. So for about two weeks where I was like, okay, what's going to happen? We again, just catapulted to another level again. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear that you guys have um, just a strong go ahead for that. Um, I was I'm curious, you kind of talking about the current climate. I'm curious if you could give us just a little bit of a glimpse into the future of Wonderkind. Like, how do you guys hope to grow and expand? What are your hopes and dreams, I guess, for the future? Yes. Um, there's, I mean, this, this, this question is what will keep me up 
at night or keep me anxious or something um, because there's so much we can do in, in, in two ways, I would say. One, we have enough business that we would we could double our team like overnight. That's how much is coming in. So there's probably a world at which we grow larger in the future, I'm sure. We're moving into a new space that would hold a lot of people. Um, and so that would be something that I can foresee coming. But a bigger opportunity that I think about all the time is, you know, Wonderkind is very unique. We have a really large following of people that aren't really in the industry. They're not... There are people that like what kind does, kind of like you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I was just about to say, I'm like, that's me. Yeah. And we're, we're so thankful for that community because not many agencies have that. No one really follows agencies unless it's like this, an employee spouse, like people aren't following agencies. So there's a really unique opportunity. What can we do? with our following what can we do to grow the wonderkind brand and there are many things we could do i mean i always talk about it but i'm like there's 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 a world in which can we have a show like selling sunset pretty girls in austin working in the same place like interesting um do we launch a fund that we have wonderkind portfolio brands that we own equity in do we launch a merch line? Do we do huge events again, like I used to do? There are so many things that we could do. And I think the, or I've always wanted to have a nonprofit arm. Do we have a nonprofit arm that basically runs social media for nonprofits that we like? Like there's so much we can do literally that I'm, what will keep me up at night is will we ever do them? Because I cannot do them on my own. I need employees that want to do that and want to help me build that because there is no structure to those. Those are like, who wants to take that on? Do it. I'll fund it. It's almost like going to be the future of WonderKind employees. Like who's in-house that wants to see those things grow? And then we can do them. But that's the thing. Like we could do none of those things. And Wonderkind will just continue to, you know, function, be a great company. Um, and that's fine. It's almost like I'm looking forward. We're hiring a lot right now. And I'm looking forward to seeing who comes around that can help me do those things. Because they're big dreams. And they'll take someone who's ready to build out structure and process around those ideas, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Even like as you were talking, I was like thinking of all the things that you guys could do too. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys could do like workshops or like, I don't know, host like a podcast right. or something. Cause it's like, right. as me, you know, like me as a fan of you guys, I would 100% like attend that or listen to that because I appreciate what you guys do. So yeah, I can understand also oh. how that's a little anxiety inducing as well. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think about it all the time. I yeah. Know. It's like exciting, but also nerve wracking. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm very motivated. I'm a very competitive person. Yeah. And just mm -hmm. like all the potential makes me crazy because I'm like, I want to do that, but, but I can't do it on my own. Yeah, right for now. sure. 
I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been so great. I'm um, getting to hear your story. I have one last question for you, which is a question I at, I end all of my podcasts with. And that's just what advice would you give to somebody wanting to pursue like their entrepreneurial dreams or like and start something similar to Wonderkind, whether that's being a CEO, being a founder? Um, what advice would you give to someone with those kinds of similar dreams, I guess? Oh, um, I would say there's a few things I would say. I would say there was a time where people were like, you know, trying to cancel like hustle, work, work, hustle, work hard. And if you want to do what I've done, you will have to work your ass off. Like that's the end of the story. It is very hard work. What I've done. There's a lot of sacrifices you make. There's a lot of days that you don't eat. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, I mean, a lot would be an understatement as far as late nights go early mornings. It is extra. I mean, there have been very difficult times, never as far as the business goes, but the personal part of owning a company is challenging and you have to be ready for that. I've seen a lot of agencies try to start and they're, they, they stop and it's probably, probably because it's very, 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 very difficult. You can have a nice life with work-life balance. If you start something, I don't know, I have no idea, but if you want to do what I did, it is going to be hard work. And so it's kind of like, be ready for that. So that's the first thing I'll say, because I don't want anyone to look at Wonderkind and be like, whoa, really cool. I mean, actually, I do want them to look at that and think that, but I don't want them to think that it was easy because it, it maybe it looks easy. I don't know. It was not easy. It was very difficult um, and it will continue to be difficult. So that's the first thing I'd say. Another thing I would say is know what you're good at. I'm very good at sales. I'm very good at business development. I'm good at visionary work, I guess. I am not good at creative and I'm not good at business admin. And so what was really helpful for me is I found someone who was good at creative, my best friend, and my husband who's good at admin. There's the team. Most people try to do it all and it's very difficult. You can't do it all. And your skill sets are not all of them, whether you think that or not. Like for me, I'm like, I'm not creative. That's not my skill set. My skill set is this. We all kept in our lanes. That's another reason why I want to find successful. I don't do any business admin. My husband is all payroll, all taxes, all forecasting the finances, all contracts. He does all of that. And that is great because it would take me a long time to do those things and I wouldn't like it. So know what you're good at and find the right people to align with. And then lastly, Whenever I was trying to start Wonderkind and before that, when I was doing all these other businesses, doing all this, this switching and all this, you know, movement I was doing, I was constantly asking to meet with people and like asking questions, listening to information, taking a course, reading about it. Like I was very curious and motivated and competitive to be the best at something, the one thing I'm doing right now. And I was never afraid to ask questions. I was never afraid to email and say, hey, I'd love to pick your brain, like whatever. I would try to do whatever I could to get in the room with the right people. And again, it takes hard work. It's not like by luck that I'm in the right. I don't even believe in luck. 
you make your own luck, you work hard and you get yourself in the right position that you need to be in. Like, that's what I believe in. And that's kind of an old school thought um, that it's, that, you know, people want to hear it's easy. And just like, if you take a bath at two o'clock every day and you like journal about it, like you're going to get where you want to be. And maybe some people can. And I think those things are important. And I do, I do take a bath once a week, maybe, but for the most part, I'm working my ass off. And that's what I did. So everyone's going to have their own way of how they were successful, but I, I I never want people to look at what I've done and think that self-care got me there. It did not. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that's, that's, those are, those are, yeah. And I guess the last thing is like the reason why I'm emphasizing asking around and learning as much as you can is because you know, who cares what major you were in college? I was a social work major. And now I'm, 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 I own a marketing agency. I, I know very little about marketing. I didn't study it. I didn't take an internship. I wasn't, I, I never even knew what an agency was before I started one kind. So like you can be anything you want to be if you try and you, and you work at it and, and, get yourself in the right rooms with the right people and the right questions and the right times. Like you can, you can, you can do whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, so those are, those are some things I'd say. <laughs> yeah, that was so helpful. And that was awesome to hear. I love um, just like knowing like, it's not easy. Like this stuff is hard, but it's so rewarding in the end. And obviously hearing your story and hearing how much you guys are growing, that's obviously very evident. Um, Ellie, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Um, for those listening, if you want to check out more of Wonderkind, you can see their Instagram and their website, which is first thing, just very aesthetic, but also just awesome in general. Their TikTok too. And that will all be linked in the description below to learn more about Wonderkind and more about Ellie's amazing business. Thank you, Ellie, just for being on and you know coming on this podcast in the midst of your very busy schedule. And I'm very thankful for that. Of course, I appreciate you talking with me. And I, I, I do love talking about Wonderkind. And I'm, yeah. I do love, I am, I am very busy and all the time, all day. But sometimes it is really nice for me to pause and talk about Wonderkind because I don't do it that much, to be honest. Yeah. Get through my day. And when I get these opportunities, I, I really do love to talk and think about Wonderkind and think about things that have happened in the last three years because it's it it can feel like a blur when you're rushing through every day yeah for sure well I'm sure as much as it was awesome for you to talk about it I'm excited for people to get to hear more of your story listen um and be inspired honestly by all of the hard work that you've put in so thanks for listening If you're listening to this, it means you probably just finished an entire episode of my podcast. And for that, I wanted to just say thank you so, so much. It really means a lot to me. Um, if you wanted to learn more about my podcast, you can check out my website, maddiemiller.co, where I post extra information about each of my episodes. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram at the Maddie Miller Show. 
You taking time out of your day to listen to my small podcast inspires me to keep pursuing this passion that currently provides me with no financial gain, but instead it provides me with growth in the entertainment industry, unique communication skills, and hopefully someday a story I can tell someone else that inspires them to also pursue their dreams. I know you probably weren't expecting to feel so hyped up, you know, after just listening to a podcast episode, but just know that you choosing one of my episodes to listen to is like supporting a small business for free. So again, thank you so, so much and happy listening.